Welcome to a new episode of Brothers in Law of Destruction. This is our Extreme Rules pay-per-view review. Extreme Rules just wrapped up. Tyler, what are your initial thoughts on the pay-per-view? Well, that pay-per-view that I spent $60 on, well worth the money. Was it? Boy, I'm the one that subscribed to the network in here. (laughs) Oh, you subscribed to the network? Yeah. You you didn't have to buy the pay-per-view. I didn't know how to tell you. Damn. Well, that was the last money, so hopefully... Hopefully, uh, I won't be too hungry until I get paid again. Hopefully. Hopefully you can um, avoid that. So there's some chips down here. I eat a lot, so I'm sure I have some sort of leftover somewhere. Um, but overall, I was really happy with the pay-per-view. Um, I see a lot of people complaining about it and just saying how they didn't like it and how the main event really saved the pay-per-view, which I thought was a great main event, but... I didn't think the main event saved the pay-per-view from being a disappointment. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, there was some stuff where I was like, oh, I wish, you know, that would have went a little differently or something like that. But I didn't I didn't think it was a bad pay-per-view by any means. No, no. Um, you know, since the main event's the freshest in, in our minds here, um, I think the end result with the with how the um, – how the main event ended up was kind of even more than I was hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I had the bar set pretty high on that. I was really excited about it uh, all week, all day, and um, it ex- even exceeded my expectations. But even if it hadn't, even if it was slightly below or just, you know, oh, that's a really good pay-per-view or a really good main event, I still think we would leave this pay-per-view thinking that it was a success, that it was um, no less than a B plus. But I, I think with the main event, with the rest of it, it was definitely an A. You giving it an A? Yeah, I, I like it. I like. It. I thought it was a a really really um, good pay per view. I loved. I loved a lot of things about this pay per view. There was only really one thing that I didn't like about it, which we'll get into later when we go through and break down, uh, you know, match by match. Right. But just overall, um, I'd probably give it. I'd probably give it like an A minus. I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot. I'm not. I'm not a real hard grader though. I grade pretty generously so i don't know if i'm the best person to give grades to but i'm also not you know a jaded miserable fan i also i really enjoyed the product so i tend to give things a higher grade yes i was looking forward to this pay-per-view because as as you were because we like wrestling and we saw a lot of fun wrestling so i I do want to give a disclaimer though um you listen to a lot of podcasts and i listen to like a lot of clips of podcasts or just people talking about wrestling not even in a podcast form just in videos and things of that nature where they just always put down wrestling and always have something sarcastic to say about it and are just always really just, you know, like Debbie Downers about it. And if that's what you want, that's fine, but that's not what our podcast is going to be. It's going to be more like upbeat, things we liked about it, how we think they should go with things. Just don't listen to our last episode. Don't listen to that. Well, every once in a while we'll have, you know, well, we think this is the problem well, with we, that. Well, you know what we did, though, with our last episode? We were constructive about it. We went into it knowing that's what we were going to talk about. Yeah. It was something that we were a little concerned about. With the cruiserweight division, and we still love cruiserweight matches. When they're on, I don't roll my eyes and say, "Oh, look at this guy's doing flippy shit." So, with our last episode, you know, we went into that looking at something that we were going to um, be cons- be um, a little critical of, but we kind of knew that going in. We weren't bringing the topic up and then shitting on it. Um, we were saying, like, "This is our problems with it. This is what we." This yeah. is where we stand on this. And we weren't, like, sarcastic or putting it down or anything. We just said, this is what we don't like about it. This is what we wish they would do. And we were really constructive with it. We didn't, right. you know, 
I haven't listened back, so maybe we weren't. I don't know. Oh, what if we looked on it and the entire time we were just shitting on everything they did? We're like, what if oh, I mentioned, God. like, I'll never watch this product again or something? What if we mentioned just taking a shit on the Cruiserweight division? We actually mentioned <laughs> that. So I'm you like, know hold what? on. We looked at the title of this episode, and it was taking a shit on the Cruiserweight division. I'm like, well, we're sorry about last week. No, but we're – I think uh, if, if any of you guys listen to the Sam Roberts podcast, um, you know, you may have heard of him. Um, he, you know, he's a real positive guy in that sense. If you're listening to us, I hope you've heard of Sam Roberts. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're doing this in, uh, our basement right now. So, um, no, but you know, we, we're going at, we're coming at this from a perspective of, um, people who like wrestling, two guys who like wrestling and, uh, it's, a uh, not to sound cheesy, but like it's an escape from everything else. So, you know, we go into it liking what we're watching. Absolutely. The Titus brand versus Kalisto. Um, I didn't watch a lot of this match because, reluctantly, I will admit, um, I was in the bathroom for all this match. Not trying to put the match down. Not saying this was a bathroom break match. I'm just saying... Larry uses the bathroom a lot. I used the bathroom a lot. I didn't anticipate the match ha- starting that soon. Used the bathroom. Was in there for essentially the whole match. So so I can talk about it a little bit. Go for it. Oh, I saw that hesitation. You don't want me to talk about it. <laughs> no, I'll keep it quick. No, it was uh, actually for for an opener... You know, that can be meh or, you know, entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. Good match, good storytelling with the Titus brand. Uh, I actually am pretty intrigued um, where they go from here. I have a feeling it's just going to kind of fizzle out that, you know, uh, Apollo and and Titus are going to have a little mini lower mid-card feud, but I thought it was a fun match, so in some cool spots. So that's basically all of that. I mean, that, that it is what it is. It was announced like three hours before. Yeah, hand, there so. wasn't... Um... At least there was a little bit of history with them wrestling on Raw with Titus um, uh, pulling the trunks of Kalisto, but um, it is I, what it is. Yeah, I... Uh... I don't know. I, I really like Kalisto. I see a lot of people just say that he botches stuff too much for him, but I, I really enjoy it. He's fine. You know, uh, I love his mask. Um, a side note, my sister and Tyler's wife, the same person, does there, it is the same person. She does not know the difference between Sinkara and Kalisto. And every time Kalisto comes out, she'll say, not Sinkara. And we have to just yell at her and say, no, I think Kalisto is like six inches shorter. And he, he doesn't have the same gear at all. They don't look anything alike. Yeah, it's they, very easy to tell the difference between the two. So the opening match to the main card was uh, Dean Ambrose versus The Miz. I thought this was a really, really good match. Um, before the show started, me and Tyler uh, gave our predictions to each other. Um, we both picked The Miz to win. The Miz did win. And I I thought it was a really creative way to do it because he didn't. I was telling Tyler that I thought The Miz was going to win by, you know, Marie slapping him and then disqualifying her or, you know, kind of like shades of Christian versus Randy Orton where he'd spit on Dean Ambrose or do something and Dean Ambrose would just kick him in the nuts or just go off on him and get disqualified. But none of that uh, happened. And it was um, the Miz still won, but he won with a skull-crushing finale because Dean Ambrose was distracted by the ref trying to sort everything out. So I thought it was I thought it was a really, really creative finish, and I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, I think I think they – we all saw – we all thought that um... – the whole uh, disqualification thing obviously was going to play into the factor, but it, I think it made the Miz look really good that he was kind of one step ahead of the of uh, the Miz was kind of one step ahead of Dean Ambrose in the mind game department because he was using that as a factor to end up with 
using his finish. Um, but if we would have had um, you know, not poor officiating, then the match could have ended much sooner. Um, what are I, your thoughts? I was very, very upset, and I'm still pretty pissed off about it. So something that aggravates me is when mid-match something happens, and the ref sees it, but he tries to like play detective or just tries to not... I don't know. I don't know what they try to do. But when you're a referee, right, there's a rule book. You're supposed to go by the rule book. You're not supposed to interpret it. Like, it's not It's not your interpretation of the rule book. You're just supposed to say, well, this is what we're doing. And this is the rule. So this is a disqualification. So when Maurice slapped the Miz, it should have been a disqualification. It doesn't matter why she smacked him. None of that matters. She smacked him. That's a disqualification. And I was Pissed. According to Miz in Raw Talk, it was because uh, actually he didn't really say. He kept saying that uh, he loved her, he loved her, and she slapped him, and he liked it because he likes when she slaps him. And you know, I believe him. So yeah, I do too. I absolutely believe him. Um, speaking of me believing the Miz, me and Tyler are thinking about doing quick episodes where we completely stay in kayfabe. So if you want to see that, comment and tell me you want to see it. <laughs> But, uh, well, usually, you know, you want to see it. Yeah, the doy. Um, Larry can attest that, um, usually I get really into these matches and I will, I will talk in kayfabe, but not like as a douchebag or like trying to be cool. Like, I just get really into the match. He does. So, like, when Alexa, which we'll get into this, when Alexa Bliss won, I, I said out loud, not as a joke, that, well, you know, Bailey deserved to lose because she, you know, was afraid of the kinder stick, which I know is not, you know, a hot take. Everyone's saying the same thing, but they're saying it kind of sarcastically or as a joke. Like I said it in the heat of the moment because yeah. know, this is still real to me. Damn it. It is. Um, I really liked this match too, because I felt like it had multiple stages. It had the stage of, you know, in the beginning where the Miz was just attempting to get Dean Ambrose to just go off on him right. and get disqualified himself. Then it had the stage where the Miz was like, okay, maybe I should just try to win. And oh. then it progressed into the stage of the Miz saying, I don't know if I can win, so I'm just going to try to get him disqualified. Right. And just kept trying everything he could to get him disqualified. And every time the neighbors would go to do it and then would just stop and realize what he was doing. was just It was really fun to me. I really enjoyed it. Um, what was interesting about that, you know, these stages in, in this kind of the second, the second phase of the match when, you know, the Miz says, okay, I'll just try to. You know, beat him fairly. Um, he kind of controlled most of that that part of the match, which I kind of found interesting. So you would think that it would almost be the opposite. So when when the Miz decides, hey, I'm just going to play straight up and try to beat this guy, that's when he couldn't, and that's when Dean would take over. But the Miz kind of controlled a lot of that. So I thought that was really interesting. It, it kind of felt like a long match. The ending, there were so many like false finishes, and there were. which of course you know which makes sense. Um, um, but I, I, it felt like a longer match than I thought it would be. One thing I want to talk about, which I thought at the beginning, or in this match I thought, and then later on it just sort of, my thought was like proven to me at least. Um, I thought this was a really, really good crowd. Oh, they yeah, didn't, I think so too. They didn't have, we're going to do a whole episode on crowds at some point, but I hate the crowds that just try to take over the show and let you know that they've watched wrestling before and have all these dumb chants. I'm, I'm all for chants. But you don't need. I don't need three chants every match. Like, you can just cheer. You know that this is awesome. Like those those organic chants are okay. But when the match is like, 
just starting and you're like just chanting just dumb stuff i'm like okay if I you're don't actively trying to get the wrestlers off their game like you're a, you're you're a douchebag you are. and there it's is never true. ever ever a reason you should ever chant cm punk unless yeah. he returns you should never chant cm punk during a wrestling match event before during after the show ever if cm what if cm punk returned and no one chanted cm punk that would be very weird i'd be oh i'd be pissed that would be really Ooh, weird man would i be pissed so, i mean i'm an easily pissed off man though <laughs> that is true very easy to get under my skin um yeah i'm i'm really happy with i'm really happy to see the belt back on miz um the what i'm i'm really happy with the match i'm very happy to see the belt back on miz oh yeah tyler doesn't like it when you say belt well, no, I don't really care, but all these wrestling podcasts, all these guys are like, you're the belt, man. He should keep the belt. And it's like, you're a douchebag. This is wrestling. It's a title. I attempt to call it a title as much as I can, but every once in a while, belt slips out from me. So. But I... Well, I, where do you think with this with this going forward, do you think it was the right call? I do. Um, I... Hot take, I don't like Dean Ambrose. Um, me and Tyler always talk about, like, what's one thing that, like, we don't like or we do like that everyone else either likes or dislikes. And I feel like everyone or most people just really enjoy Dean Ambrose. He does nothing for me. I don't I don't think he's that exciting in the ring. I thought I thought today he had I thought tonight he had a really, really good match. And I'm not trying to say he's a bad wrestler or anything. I'm just saying that, you know He's definitely I, one of I his... don't connect with him like a lot of other people do. He, man, he just seems every time he comes out he seems to get a big pop. He I does. Mean, people seem he to freak out. Does. And he he's works really hard and he is a good wrestler. I just I'm not trying to sound dumb or cheesy, but in his matches, I just don't, you know, I don't connect with him. I just sort of just sit there and think, oh, this is a good match. But I don't, you know. Dean's such a, Dean is such an interesting guy. We could do a whole podcast just on him alone and frustrations and things we like and dislike. Um, I think, yeah, I think going forward, um, it feels right. The Miz did such a good job with the title last year. I kind of hope it's something new this year, um, or, or this uh, this title reign, I guess, his seventh Oh, which congratulations. He's, what, the second? Has the second most? Second. Uh, Chris Jericho's ahead of him with nine. So, um, which I would love to see Chris Jericho come back to do something with that, do maybe. Some, that would be pretty cool. Um, but I would enjoy it. Um, yeah, I think I think going forward, I think that's the right call. I'm interested to see where they're going from there. You know, uh, one quick thing on The Miz, and, or on Dean Ambrose, and we won't have to stay on this, but um, he's definitely somebody who I, 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 I like, uh, I do, but if he's not in, like, the world title scene if he's not in like the main event scene and he's wrestling mid card like he's he's mid card talent like if yeah. he's in the main main event scene he's main event talent um and like i don't think that's a good thing i think it's good that he can be slotted in a main event scene and and like it's believable that's actually very credible for him and like i think that's an asset that he has not, not everybody does but whenever you slide down the card, which is okay to do, not everyone can be in the main event scene, you eventually will slide down the card. Um, you still have to feel like a big deal, and I don't feel like he feels like a big deal when he, he's wrestling people below him. He uh, is – so an example would be um, AJ Styles where you can put him in the ring with virtually anybody, and he will make them wrestle up to him. Like right. he will – he will make them look like they're on the same level. He gives that illusion off that. And uh, Dean Ambrose is someone where, you know, if you put him in a match with AJ Styles, it's going to be a great match. It's going to be, you know, phenomenal, not to be dumb, but it's, it's going to be, you know, a great match. But if you put him in a match with, you know, someone who's That's not. It. Come on, who? 
uh, Kurt Hawkins. If you put him in a match with Kurt Hawkins, it's not going to be a great match. He will he will wrestle down to Kurt Hawkins. He's not going to lift Kurt Hawkins up and let, make him look you know better. Let that be known. That's that's Larry Borland. That is me. At Larry underscore Borland on Twitter. Is that my? Yeah, that's, I think that's it. Kurt. That's it. I hadn't said anything about you, buddy. I believe in you. I don't. Anything can happen. I did love his uh, main event school, though, or whatever he called it. Where he? Oh, the, I wish they still did that. Where uh, he? Shoot. Superstar Factory. Something like that. Yeah. I loved that when he. We went to Ronald Columbus, and he did that again. And I was like, "This is what I like to see. This is <laughs> yeah. it." That's um, maybe some of those things that kind of work for a couple weeks. Yeah. Moving on to the next match, I guess we will do uh, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Foxy. Um, I don't think this is a cruiserweight match, Larry. Tell the listeners why. Um, well, you know, we all know it's a cruiserweight match if you see purple ropes. Right. That lets you know that it's you know a cruiserweight match. There are cruiserweight participants in this match, and they now, currently weigh two hundred and five pounds or. Now, Less. I guess they didn't make weight or something, <laughs> but there were no purple ropes. So, so I'm assuming that no cruiserweights were in this match. There were no cruiserweight participants in this match because right. there were no purple ropes. You know, funny, technically they were all cruiserweights, right? I mean, Sasha's 125. Yes, technically they were all cruiserweights. is... No clue. Definitely not over 205. No. What she, if she was like 220? Oh, that'd be surprising to what say What do you think? Least. What do you think? Let's dive. In. Let's let's dive into this. What she weighs? What does she weigh? You know what? I'm um, probably around 125. Probably around. You think so? She weighs. I I don't think she weighs any more than like 135. Oh no no def. I was thinking less because she's a very like slender. She's slender. I was just saying it because she's tall. She's a pretty tall woman. Yeah she is. Yeah. So I. I don't know. I don't think she weighs a lot. What do you think of the match? Um, I thought it was a really good match. I loved any contact that uh, Noam Dar and Rich Swan had. I thought they were doing very good. Rich Swan just always. For some reason, I won't, I won't pay attention when he wrestles, or I won't be looking or something for a while, and then all of a sudden I'll see him wrestle again. It's almost like he takes a couple weeks off in my mind, and then I see him again, and I'm like, man, he's just so good. He's so explosive. Everything he does is good. And he then, is. I in three weeks when we do another podcast, I'm like, man, this Rich one guy is really good. You guys seen, seen him wrestle yet? Why aren't they doing more with him? Um, no. Larry, he was a, he's a former cruiserweight champion. I loved uh, the only complaint I would have if I had to make one would be um, I thought Alicia Fox and uh, Sasha Banks did a lot of uh, quote unquote like cat fighting, right? Almost, so which was okay, I guess. But I just wish maybe they would have you know embraced being in there with cruiserweights more and uh, you know. So like I'm okay with that, but like this kind of like I even saw on Twitter their hatred in all caps. I'm like. But why do they hate each other? And I'm not one of those guys. No, I'm like, why are they always wrestling? Like, why is this match going on? Like, I'm usually cool with it, even if there's not much of a storyline. But they, every time they get in the ring, they, I mean, they're pulling their hair and like throwing fists at each other. And I'm like, wait, what? Where did this come from? Like, why do they end up? Do it's you who remember? has the best? Who has the best hair game in WWE? I, I mean, I guess so. I actually have no idea. Neither. neither of those I two. know it started. Um, I think it started when Alicia Fox beat Sasha Banks on Raw. Right? right. I mean, and I, then I the guess next week, just Sasha Banks won, and then you it know, just escalated from I there. Remember I remember those two fighting right after Alexa Bliss beat Bailey mm-hmm. um, at Payback. That role, they were all after that. There was that 
um, championship celebration, and all the all the women were fighting after the whole talking segment, and those two were going at it, and they were fighting like they were fighting tonight. They were like pulling hair, fists, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Like they looked like they had been feuding, or that not that they had been feuding, but like they feuded. Like, it was one of those like oh we feuded last year, but like they this, seemed to almost go, like straight towards each other. Yeah, when like it we're happened. still not over this. So I I kind of found that part interesting. But um, Larry had a pretty interesting um, take on Noam Dar. So uh, Larry, you wanna you wanna go on that? I forget what it was. Was it his white tape? Well, no, about how you kind of you're looking forward to the next stage. Oh yeah, Dar. um, I'm uh, I was telling Tyler during the pay per view that I'm really excited for him to uh, you know, not that I have anything against Alicia Fox, but I'm just looking forward to him eventually, you know, moving on from this storyline and just being on his own and just being able to really, you know, work and develop his character, you know, himself and just being you know kind of like. A cocky, brash, you know, cruiserweight, and just I I love his matches, so I'm just really excited for him to be in. You know, not that this isn't a real storyline, but you know, right, real serious like top contender storylines in the cruiserweight division. We might look at this just because you know we talked about this in our last episode, but just just because of the way the show is structured and you know how even even the top guys don't always get the biggest reaction, this might really help him out in the long run. And that he is kind of people know who he is right now, at least a little bit more. So when he does maybe go to that next step, they're not just throwing this guy out and people are like, oh, who the hell is this guy? At least they'll, they'll know. Oh, okay, this is Noam Dar. He was oh, doing yeah. that Alicia Fox stuff. And then maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll. I'm not saying derail him. Maybe he'll go nowhere. But I think maybe this kind of helps establish. Oh, right, because in the eyes of these fans, he's like, not just going to show up guy? and people are going to be like, "Well, I don't watch two of five lives. So I don't know who he is." He's right. having matches on Raw and pay per views, so he is in the more public eye of WWE. And, and I, I, I I, I'm just really looking forward to his next stage of his career in WWE and where he goes. And the and the bitter fan take on that would be like, they would have what. Larry's point of view, but be like, "Oh, this is shit! I can't believe him. I watched him on the Indies. I can't believe he's doing this." And it's like, "Look, he may have been great on the Indies. Like, I'm excited too. I agree with Larry. Not that not everyone watches that. Larry and I are diehard wrestling fans, and there's 0.1 percent of the Indies that I've watched, and I've been watching a shit ton of indie wrestling lately. Any free time I get. Uh, I did think it was a really cool spot where Sasha Banks did her uh, double knees from the very very top rope onto Noam Dar." Which really just kind of shows how far wrestling has come in terms of WWE, where men are now taking bumps from from the woman. Hasn't happened Should for been, uh, a dis- a disqualification. But... Oh yeah, that's right. I did say that too, <laughs> didn't I? Um, I was real pissed because on this match too, because I thought, well, the opposite sexes aren't allowed to touch each other. So she touched Noam Dar. Why is that not a disqualification? Right. Oh, I was pissed. What if it was the other way around? Noam Dar jumped off and gave her a. Oh my god. <laughs> That would you know, be. I would hope that'd be a disqualification. Then I want to bring something up, and right. and we don't. And I, I don't want to talk about this yet. Okay. But I just Move want to on. bring this up because I think we'll forget. Okay, that's fine. I just want to point this out. What is the name of Seth Rollins' finisher? He doesn't have one. He doesn't have a name for it yet. And I just wanted to be clear because well, forget about this. It should be the Kingslayer. That should be the name of his finisher. His his high knee to the face. I don't. He didn't hit that during tonight, did he? He did not. Roman ducked it and gave him a spear. Mm. But they haven't. No he's kings. only been, he's only hit it once on Raw against Carl Anderson, and um, it was in a I don't know if it was in a tag match or I don't remember, but he hit it and it was a number of weeks ago, and um, it was the first time they it, it first and only time they've shown it. Because he'd lost 
to Roman last Monday, and but they don't have a name for it. Should be Kingslayer. You heard it here first. All right, Larry. Next match uh, it was the Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. It was a kendo stick on a pole match, and this was earlier on when I said there was only one thing I didn't like. This was the one thing I didn't like, and not because I thought the match was bad, because I thought their wrestling in the match was bad. Bone to pick real quick, Tyler. I'm really tired of these assholes who claim to like wrestling, but then they get on Twitter and like, oh, that match was really shit, and it's like, the match wasn't shit. Like, the direction they were given was shit, but yes. the wrestling they had in the match was not shit, so you shouldn't you shouldn't just crap all over it and say it was horrible and just tweet about how horrible it was. If the actual action in the ring wasn't bad, it was just you wish that, you know, the stipulation was different or that, you know, the direction that they were going creatively was differently. But if the wrestling in the ring is good, I don't want to hear anyone say, well, that match is really bad because the match wasn't bad. You just don't like the direction that they're going from the match. Right, and that's that's a good point to keep in mind. It's like we watched a match that ended at like 46% throughout the match. Like Yes. Like she gets – okay, so it's funny because the match wasn't very long at all. So like she the, – the pole the, – the kinder stick on the pole, the kinder stick falls down early on in the match, like way earlier than I thought. I'm not going to lie. The second it fell down, I thought, did they mean for it to fall down like that? But then I saw their spot where they both popped up, and I was like, oh, they absolutely did. Right, right, yeah. So like – and then it kind of ended shortly after that. It did. Um, but – I think it was about a seven-minute match. Yeah, it was. It, it felt something like that, um, but it felt like when it ended, it felt like a match that we were only about not even fifty percent. Yeah, we about. were still. We were maybe we were getting into stage two of that match, and yeah. then it ended. Yeah, because so the stage. So we thought maybe stage two. Not to get too technical, or this even means anything, but like maybe the end of stage one would like okay the 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 stick would fall like they would wrestle wild who would get to kendo stick that ended really early like two minutes in they got the 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 stick fell and then and then what uh who, who got the it was bailey right bailey got the stick and bailey just wouldn't hit her just kept chasing her around and then she had her in the corner and was just walking up to her slow sort of cocked back and then thought about her a second and then went to run at her and then alexa bush just tackled her and then I do believe that was about the last offense Bailey got in. Yeah, because it was it was. Uh, if we're getting technical with it, I mean, this was a pretty, pretty dominant performance. I mean, it was seven minutes, and after, I mean, Bailey got the kendo stick, but then Alexa Bliss eventually just you know, got into a more favorable position and took Bailey down, grabbed the kendo stick, and then just beat the shit out of her with it, and then eventually hit her with the DDT and won. Usually, when a match ends, the, your very very first thought is usually like not true mm-hmm. like you don't actually believe that or it's like it's like wrestling it's what you think or who you are personified by 200 percent. so the moment it ended i thought squash match like she just she just dr- drilled her and said yeah. like she she you know looking back if i rewatch the match it probably wasn't that bad but um you know we gotta say larry and i haven't been the biggest bailey fans like yeah she had a great match with sasha a few years ago and, like she was she was cool and stuff in nxt i guess but like, and it, it's gonna sound like we're gonna be like on the bandwagon of like, well, maybe she's not so great, like, and you can believe us or not, but we've kind of not been the biggest Bailey fans. We're definitely not Bailey marks or anything. No, 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 no. I just gotta say, like, okay, these, I, I'm not crazy about the whole like she's a little girl. She she's just living out her dream. Okay, she's living out her dream. 
to be a pro wrestler, a pro fighter who beats people up for a living and wants to be the best wrestler, right? Like that's her, that, that is her dream. Her dream is to be in a ring with one other person and they're fighting to be the champion, to be the best in what they do, which is fighting and wrestling. So this whole, oh, she's just too nice. Like I, it's fine, but it, it was way too much for me. Why wouldn't she use a kinder stick? Why, why not? It's it's one thing to say she doesn't have a brutal streak. Okay, no, she's not gonna she's not gonna jump Alexa or she's not gonna jump Alexa Bliss or yeah or do like if brutal. she she's not gonna hit her with a Bailey to Bailey Alexa Bliss can be knocked down and then keep hitting her in the head with the kendo stick right but like but, the idea that she wouldn't use one or that it's like but that's what she's doing she's living out her dream to be a wrestler so which is it's supposed to be a tough. Tough men, tough women fighting to be who's the best pro fighter, the pro best pro wrestler. And her whole gimmick is that like she's not that. It just doesn't seem to click with me. Here's what I kept, um, or I heard on commentary. I think it was Booker T saying it. Let's give credit to Booker. Booker's been good. He, uh, Booker T was really good tonight, and I think he's been improving. Um, he doesn't talk all the time. He doesn't overwhelm you with just how much he talks because he's a caller commentator. JBL, you don't need to talk all the fucking time. Let your play-by-play guy really, do that. Really racist. God, I hate, we're going to have an episode about how much I hate JBL at some point. We started off this episode saying we don't hate on things, and you need to just appreciate wrestling. But that doesn't mean you're not allowed to not like things. Right. And JBL is something I don't like. <laughs> um, but I heard Booker T say that, you know, Bailey just wants to do everything the right way, which is fine. But, so you don't want to, if doing things the right way means you're not going to break the rules, right? Right. Okay, so using the kendo stick in this match was not breaking the rules because that's the match. The match is you are allowed to use the kendo stick. And they specifically use the word legally several times. Yes, so it was legal. And I I was talking about this to Tyler, and I said that would be like her saying, well, I don't want to use it because I feel like it's not the right thing, would be like if the NFL said we're not going to call holding anymore. That's not a penalty anymore. Right. And then offensive linemen were like, well, I don't want to hold when my quarterback's about to get sacked. Because that's not the right thing to do. It's like, there's nothing wrong with it, though. Because that's not a rule anymore. You're allowed to hold. So, grab him. Throw him down. You need, like, you're you're supposed to want to win. Right. Um. So, I mean, I just, I'm not a big fan of Bailey right now. Because I feel like, I feel like they're just really playing up this whole, well, this is her childhood dream. And I feel like they're almost making her a little bit too childish. Right. And just, you know, too goody two-shoe i guess for lack of a better term and it's just you know you're a pro wrestler just you should like go out there grab the kendo stick and hit her in the back with it and it's great you know pro wrestling doesn't not everyone has to be like the biggest bloodiest you know bitch on the on the in the ring they should be though but but you should want to you're going in with another person who's going to punch you in the face you should want to punch the other person in the face that's your whole point maybe that's not your strong style. Like maybe you know kayfabe. Like that's not your 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 strong suit. Um, maybe it's wrestling or whatever. But the whole point is, okay, you're gonna go into a, a fight, and you better be willing to fight. Um, not to like overly shit on Bailey, but I just feel like this. I feel like this match is the perfect example. It's the perfect. Uh, I can't think of the word I used earlier. Um, it's it, it's the perfect. The, it's a perfect example, I guess. I can't think of another word um, of who Bailey is as a wrestler. Um, I, I don't know what needs to change. Uh, I just don't. I just don't buy into it. When she was doing this 
this feud with Charlotte a few months ago. And Charlotte did the whole, like, bringing up the, the essays that she wrote in high school about wrestling. Like, I thought that worked really well mm-hmm. because Charlotte was saying, well, look at me. I was born into this business, and you're just such a silly fan. I think that hit the perfect note, like the perfect balance. But now we're getting to a territory where it's, well, she's just a little kid. Like, yeah. you're actually now actively it's ter- making her 12 years yeah. old. Now it's in a territory where it's almost like, well, you're just really overmatched, aren't you? Like, right. you're a fan who lucked out and w like. Obviously, she's not, and she is an incredible wrestler, but the way that she's being portrayed now is almost like you were a fan who just lucked out and got signed by WWE, and now you're way in over your head because you, like, these people have been doing this for a while now, and you're just, you just don't have the stomach for it, almost. I thought when, when Charlotte brought up those, those essays and those, those things she wrote in high school about loving wrestling and wanting to do that, like I said, I thought it hit a perfect balance, and I thought, oh, this is a, an an, a, an interesting updated take on the whole underdog Bailey story from NXT, but now it's like they're overcomplicating it. Like she was the underdog in NXT, maybe just go back to that. But like, what do you think's next for Bailey? Um, hopefully they do more. This is your life stories because I'm really interested to see where that love story that blossomed on Raw is going. Which is a perfect plug in our next podcast. This is your podcast. This and it's is all your about. Podcast that pocket we're gonna do um six episodes about 30 minutes and we're gonna break down each part of that segment um one thing i do want to bring up though about that this is your life thing um i'm, I'm not gonna shit over on alexa bliss for for it because i mean i she wasn't given that hot of a segment and you know i thought she was the best part of it right and you know she wasn't given a lot to work with but I kept seeing people say, well, this is cringeworthy. Uh, to, well, she, what she was doing wasn't cringeworthy, but the other people, the other actors were right. were a little cringeworthy. But it, I rewatched it a couple of times, and it was cringeworthy to me where I started laughing. I was like, this is funny as shit. Oh, yeah, it was it was bad. But listen, people. I love it now. It was the it was the point in bad where it made me love it. And I I felt really bad for her. I did, too. I felt bad for her because, because I kept knowing, I'm like, people are going to poop all over this segment. I'm not going to shit all over Alexa Bliss for that segment because she was given the most with what she was given, and she wasn't she wasn't given a lot. And I said when we were watching it, they, it could be a lot worse, guys. Like, it could be. They get, they took a big imagine gamble. if I was in charge of that. Right. Well, just okay. Let's just. I would say honestly, take take away Charlotte. What other woman would have been better than that? That segment wasn't very good. Right. It wasn't. So you take. All of the list of the women wrestlers, Raw and SmackDown. Okay, take away Charlotte because I think she would she could have made it work. What wrestler on the roster would have made it better than Alexa Bliss made it? I don't, I don't, I can't think of any because I can't think of any that are just that when they talk, just have that kind of just composure, and, right? And just know what and they're going to say. Don't say Sasha. It would not, Sasha would no. not have been able. I to I don't think that Sasha's that good of a of a talker. Or I don't think her promos are that good. Right. Her and Bailey have the same thing where I'm sitting there and I'm watching them, and I can almost predict what they're gonna say next because it's normally kind of cheesy, and I can look at it and I'm like, you're you're thinking about what you're gonna say next. It's not like organic a lot of times. Like right. I'm like you're thinking about what you're about to say. Um, Bowen, I had to pick with this match though. It was a kendo stick on a pole match, so you were supposed to go up, get the kendo stick, and hit your opponent with it. So what I was talking to Tyler about before this pay-per-view was I said, well, they haven't been clear with the rules, but I would assume if you get it and you hit your opponent with it, that's it. That's ball game. You've won the match. Because, you know, I assume, you know, you get it from the pole, you hit him with it, 
And we figured that would have been way later in the match. Yes. Um, So then when it fell, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then I remember Alexa Bliss hit her with the kendo stick. And I thought, oh, wow, that was weird. And then I remember the the ref didn't call for the bell. And I thought, why was it on a pole then? Why didn't you just have kendo? Why wasn't it just a kendo stick match? And why didn't you just have him around the ring? Why did it need? Why did there need to be one kendo stick on a pole? Especially and if you're going to get it in a minute and a half. Also, if you wanted it on a pole, that's fine. But it could have been, you know, if you get it off the pole, you can use it. The other person can't use it because they didn't get it off the pole. Right. You now Which have an advantage. Something I thought maybe would happen. I thought maybe Bailey would get it, not use it. Alexa would get it, hit her, and then be DQ'd, and then they would continue the feud. But that's not where the yeah. direction they went. But um, all in all, I mean, it was. It was the wrestling in the match was really good. Um, I wish it was longer and they would have had more time to work, but uh, I enjoyed it. I wasn't after the match. I w- I didn't say that it was bad. I I did enjoy it. So we'll, we'll I'll try to ask this at the end of each each one of these. What's next for both for for both wrestlers? Um, for Alexa Bliss, I think what's going to happen is she's going to go into a maybe a month or two storyline where she just keeps trying to wrestle other people that aren't Nia Jax is what I think and I think that's going to be she's going like to actively try to yeah she's going to actively like she's going to be like she's well you're going to see a segment where you know she goes to Kurt Angle and is you know telling you know begging to fight this other person right and then I think he'll give it to her and then Nia Jax will be talking to her backstage and say well you said I was going to get the next shot and she'll say oh you know it's not up to me it's up to Kurt I can't right. make the matches oh, that would be perfect and then I think eventually Nia Jax will go to Kurt and will say I want my shot and uh, he'll say, "Well, you know, I was just she, listening." Yeah, she yeah. said that you didn't want it. Yeah, I was just listening to Alexa. She said you didn't, you didn't want it, and then it'll implode, or maybe not that. But, yeah, just something along know, those lines, right? And that then, would be that. That's really like that's about the best case scenario. That's what I think uh, would be nice for her. There's humor in that. Mm-hmm. There's they have really good chemistry because they're like best friends in real life. Yeah. So this whole anytime they're around each other, the whole like, oh yeah, listen, you totally, you totally had the next shot. But Kurt did say. Like, I can't wrestle you this week. I have to wrestle this person. And, yeah. like, I'll be clearly people she's going to be. Absolutely. You know, like, we... Just maybe local people you've maybe never heard of. Yeah. yeah. It would be so funny. It would be. Um, and then for Bailey, um, man. Does this kill off any steam? Are we going to have to wait a while for this Bailey, Sasha? Yes, I think you were going to have to wait a while. Um, unless that's the next storyline, maybe. Um so is there a possibility this storyline happens with no title? I think, um, I feel like I've said this before, not on the podcast, but when we're talking, um, I th- I've, I was saying that I didn't like how a lot of storylines in the women's divisions incorporated all of them. And I said, I think it'd be nice if there were two people that were with the title that, you know, had a storyline that didn't involve it just so you could have another big storyline in the women's division. Right. So um, I think when it happens, it'd be nice if it happened without a title. But I don't. I just don't think now's the right time because I think there's a lot of steam. I think the when it should have happened would be, you know, when Bailey was at like just the height of popularity, or just you know people were just really into her and loving her. And I feel like right now there's a lot of steam that's been lost with Bailey. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm reading the situation wrong, and there hasn't been any steam lost with Bailey. But just in my opinion, I think there's been. A decent amount of the temperatures went down on her hotness a little bit. I think so. I think so too. Um, maybe they do a situation where there's some kind of like number one contendership, um, or they might want to stay away from that for a little bit. But a situation to where see, I don't, I don't know though. 
I was going to say number one contendership and then, like, Sasha turns, but it's hard to turn on a match that you're already wrestling somebody yeah. in. Like, like, oh, if she's really aggressive. Well, I mean, you can say, wow, she's, like, really wrestling heel right now or she's really aggressive. But, like, that's the point. Like, you're supposed to beat the other person. Um, so maybe a situation to where, like, maybe Sasha – no, maybe they do like a like a qualifying or something. Well, I don't know. They probably won't do this. At I all. would say Emma, but I think Emma's going to be out for a while. I think so too. Um, I think maybe Summer Rae could return, but I don't know what her status is really. Maybe they do. <coughs> maybe not like a triple threat or something. Maybe they do like individual matches to see like who's going to be you know whatever, and like Sasha and it's like Sasha and Bailey and Bailey wins, and then like Bailey. Like Sasha turns on Bailey after the match or something, but I mean I don't know. I think we'll probably have to wait, get those both those wrestlers kind of steamed back up towards the main event picture, and uh, see where we go from there. It's yeah. gonna happen eventually. Yeah, it eventually will happen. But as for now, I have I have no idea what's gonna happen with Bailey. I just I but don't. Hey, makes you want to tune on tune in Monday, see where she goes from there. I'm not tuning in. Huh, me either. <laughs> Actually, um, I won't be. I have to work. So you you don't work tomorrow, do you? No, but Tuesday. I'll be in at like 5 a.m. ish. So I'll just watch it when I get home. That is rough for you. So the next match, now that we've uh, pretty extensively covered the women's match, um, yeah. is the uh, tag team title match between the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus. Who, what is their name? Cesaro and Sheamus. Sharo? Sharo. Sheamus. Sheamus. It's a shameful thing. Tyler sings that. Um, I don't know any religiously. Of the words, he doesn't either. He just says it's a shameful thing and then just goes into the beat. It's a shameful thing. Wind up. Um. Something. I I enjoyed the match. Um. I don't know why, but this match was hard for me to get into for a while. I thought it was a very slow developing match, maybe, or maybe that was just me. Just. You think you know, it had anything to do with like like the visuals? Like, it takes a while to, like, your eyes adjust to, yeah, like, the different I think so. like, nuances in the ring. I also think for the first, like, quarter of this match, I was still thinking about the women's match and was thinking about how short it was and just trying to think about yeah. about that match. So I, I wasn't fully invested in it. I mean, I think it does take a minute for your, for just visually for you to adjust to really uh, see the action and the nuances of what they're doing in the ring. Um, a, a, side, a side note, which is... The name, that's, that's actually what should the name of the podcast should be, Side Note, because we always get sidetracked. We do. Do you like Steel Cage matches? I do like Steel do Cage matches. Do you like the, the whole you can escape like to win? Yes. Okay, just wanted to see what yep. your thought was. I do. I do. I, I really like it, because I think... Because <sighs> let me just say, like I'm cool with it. Like, I like Steel Cage matches, and like I, mm-hmm. I always get it. It's one of those things I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, Steel Cage, you know? <laughs> but like I I knew the criticism of like okay you have two guys who or two women or whatever who want to beat each other up and then as soon as they get in the ring they like, they want oh here we go we're going to fight and then like the first thing to do is try to escape each other like I, that is like a criticism of it so I just don't know if that's something that people are like souring on like I'm still pumped for them I still like them I uh I think Steel but I Cage that criticism. I think Steel Cage matches are really geared towards heels because heels can be like kind of squirmy and just try to get out of you know really fighting right um also i think it's a way for if you're trying to keep people looking strong exactly it's a way for you know you to have them lose and you know maybe go in a different direction but not have them look weak and really take a pinfall because you know they could just you know take you know 
a bump off the cage and then, you know, they could escape. Or And you could do the whole, you know, photo finish like you did. And this one where it's like, man, you know, Jeff Hardy was knocked out and the Hardy still almost won. Yeah. Sheamus and Cesaro couldn't pin him, even though, um, you know, even though there was a two-on-one for a very long time with just having Matt Hardy in it. Right. Jeff Hardy had to re-enter the cage. So I, I think the Hardys still look really, really strong. And I don't want to hear anyone saying that this kills them or looks really strong. No. Nope. I'm still just excited to see them. And it continues. I think it, it, it continues their feud. Mm-hmm. They'll have their rematch. I think they're. I think they're perfectly fine. I'm also really happy. And we want. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we want other tag teams to look good. We do. This makes Sheamus and Cesaro look really good. They lost. Then they turned heel, and they became the number one contenders again in a really great contendership. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Tag team turmoil or something. It was something. And like then they that. win win the steel cage match. So I think like yes, this is like you have. Okay, the Hardys have to have someone to fight against that's going to be credible, and there they are. So, um, I I do um, I do think another reason why sometimes maybe it's a little slow to get into um, is you know the visuals. Of course, I think I think really do play a big part in it if you think about it. But any any kind of match like this where it's not a traditional tag team match and you just have a bunch of guys fighting, it's a little like discombobulated. Yeah, like you're trying okay, to figure out where to look. Yeah, it takes a while to like sink into it because it's like four guys are fighting as opposed to you know a traditional like you know. Um, story of a tag team match so that that may be it takes your it takes you a few extra minutes for your brain to like okay what's going on so um you uh when you interrupted me very rudely um you took uh what i was going to say essentially i was going to say i was really really happy that cesaro and sheamus won because they just turned heel and i didn't want them to turn heel and then go in and lose because i then thought well that might you know, sort of kill a lot of the steam from their heel turn because it's right. like, which is what happened. You know, remember with the Usos, it was it's they like heel and then lost. It's like, well, you guys kind of turned for nothing because you know you got the same you got the same result. So why why did you turn heel? You know, hey, nothing rem- nothing new happened for you. you. Didn't gain anything out of it. Remember in our in our cafe podcast, we can't say heel. We have to say new attitude. We do. They have a new attitude. Um, so, you know, I didn't want them to have this new attitude. <laughs> you know what? Wrestling fans, like, as, as, like, WWE fans, we're conditioned to say, like, superstars, like, you just say it, you know? We don't, I, like, I don't say belt, I say title or championship. I don't say wrestler, I say superstar. We're eventually going to stop saying heel and, like, turn heel. We're going to say, like, oh, yeah, man, he, oh, man, did you see that? He, Finn Balor has a new attitude. That's going to happen. I hear that phrase all the time, it's going to happen. It absolutely will. Um... But I'm I'm really happy that um, Shazara, that's their name. Shazara? Shazara. Actually, that's not bad. Shazara, that's it. Boy, am I a genius. Do they have to have a name? You're damn right they have to have a name. What kind of question is that? Do they have to have a name? Do you have to have a name when you're born? Of course you do. Good God, sir. The audacity. Um, yeah, uh, I've, I was really, really happy with uh, the match and the outcome. I don't really have anything bad to say about it i thought the story of jeff hardy doing everything he could to try to get matt out was good and then you know cesaro and sheamus trying to keep matt in but also keep jeff out was really good we got a classic jeff hardy spot a whisper in the wind off the steel cage it was a photo finish it was very very good um it didn't need to be a photo photo no but could have jumped a little earlier i when they were climbing down i said i might have said it louder than i meant to but i was like why don't you just jump but, like, it was almost like I just forgot, you know, why they were waiting. 
And I was just like, just jump. It's it's two extra feet. Just well, jump I, now. I, I was going to say, to play devil's advocate, a.k.a. or devil's advocate slash kayfabe color analyst, um, maybe it was a little high. It's easy for us to say, I'll just jump. But they some some of those, some of that time when we say, I'll just jump, like they are like six feet above the top of the turnbuckle. So, like, that's pretty high. So maybe they don't want to jump that high. But I, I get your point. There was – Quite a few times where I'm thinking, you, do you are like six feet off the ground. Just jump already. Here's what I think in like kayfabe terms of that, right? I'm like, yeah, that's a little high. You don't want to jump, right? But think about it. If you jump, it's going to hurt a little bit because you're a little higher, right? You don't have to take any more punishment. And I'm not saying jump from the top to the outside. I'm saying when you're like halfway down, right? just drop down on your feet, maybe roll onto your back, or just try to land on your feet. That always stubs my ankles, but you know. Whatever, but after one, after that, you've won. You don't have to take any more punishment. Plus, so. you, know, you think as a wrestler, you've have yeah, found ways yeah. now to be able to like roll with it. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm good. But um, so where do you think um they're gonna go next? Do you think this feud's gonna continue? Do you think they'll branch off here soon? How do you think this is? Well, gonna yeah, because go? I think they'll have, they'll have to have the rematch. Uh, I don't know how it's gonna go. Um, I don't think that we we don't need to rush the whole broken thing. I think maybe what we can do is. Let's just kind of fantasy book a little bit. They go into the rematch. They lose, which I am a little hesitant about. I, okay, I, I just said you don't have to do the whole broken thing. Let me take it But back. he goes broken tomorrow night to open up Raw. Yep. He comes like out it. broken. I do think that if they go into this rematch and they lose, which is like, okay, because the Hardys don't really need the titles, even though I was super bummed they lost. Like, I was, I was still cool with it. They don't need the titles, but you, you got to think – you can't do you can't like I'm always worried that they're gonna do what they did with uh, like the Dudleys coming back and then they just lose and then no one cares. I think if they lose their rematch, like I think they have to sooner or later go right into the whole broken thing because they they will have okay so that'll be great balls of fire yes. in July and eventually we're Goodness gonna say that and not gracious. even not even think about it at all. So that'll be okay all of April, May, June, and then July. That'll be going into their fourth month back. Okay, they lose. That's four months into it. That's four months of getting like regular Hardys. That's plenty enough time. You didn't. You're not rushing it, but you can't really go on after that, and then because they're just gonna kind of get blended back in. I thought um, an easy way to do it if you didn't want to do the broken thing yet, but you kind of wanted them to have another feud, would be uh, when they have the rematch, have a team just you know interfere yeah beat them down that'd give you another month or two that you could get probably two months easy right there that you and then could. maybe they lose that um or- yeah or if you want them to start with the broken thing they could lose or just start showing cracks and uh yeah but, so. you, but when you start doing that you have to whenever they start that plan of okay they're going to start losing or, or however they decide to do it they have to keep that in mind. They can't say, we'll get to the broken thing because we're not going to do it because of the whole TNA legal reasons in the court. Um, they cannot say, oh, we're going to have them lose the rematch and you know maybe lose this next feud. And then like down the line, we'll, like, we'll, we'll connect them too. Like, when they start with that plan, there has to be an end goal of the broken, the broken angle. Like, it has to be, okay, we know that in two months, like we're thinking about doing this here soon. It doesn't have to be exact. But the idea has to be okay. This is this is kind of our date, and this is kind of where we're going to meet. They can't they can't go into it saying like, oh, we're going to get to that down the road, which is probably what I know. That's you know we think that they that they sit around in fantasy book. <laughs> I don't think 
they, they do I, as much as we do. They probably we probably the writers probably book, do. We but, probably fantasy book WWE more than uh, the writers do. I, I would, would say the writers like talking to each other and like amongst themselves playing this stuff out. But like realistically, when there are meetings with like Vince and and all these guys, like that's not really how it works. Maybe uh, maybe like the bigger names and stuff. But. Maybe. Um, but overall, I was really happy with the match. Happy with you know with it's going. I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it. I think so too. So, uh, next we have the WWE Cruiserweight match between Neville and Austin Aries. It was a submission match. What did you, what did you think of this match? So, I was so, I had such a, like, my adrenaline was pumping after this tag match that the first few minutes I was kind of in a haze because I couldn't stop thinking about that match. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't pissed that they lost. I was just kind of like, oh man, I was so... I'll say this a lot, but like I get really into these matches, and then like I, I, I believe them. I, I don't, I don't have really any problem at all with the suspension of disbelief. I get really into matches, so I was so bummed about them losing. It took me a few minutes to get into this cruiserweight match, and I want to go back and watch it. And we know that it's cruiserweight match because there's purple ropes. Exactly, there were purple ropes on this one, so we can confirm it was wow. a cruiserweight match. I thought that it was a, a really good match. These guys have good chemistry. Um, everyone like leading up to this, and they're like. Um, and their Extreme Rules preview podcast, we're saying like, oh, like Austin Aries has to win. He'll he'll look bad. Like I don't, I still personally think he does. He like Neville cheated in the first match, and then like didn't TJ, did TJP interfere in the second match, or like he cheated again? Um, was he, it the whole ref? Yeah, it was the ref. Yeah, he spot. pulled he pulled the ref while he was on the submission. Right. So then, this is their third match, and like he finally wins cleanly. I don't think that really makes Austin Aries look bad. I do hope that something happens with him, and we'll discuss that at the end of this part. But um, I think that it was—I think it was a really good match. I was excited. I picked Neville to win. I was a little fearful that, like, I love Aries, and I've been—I yeah, think he'd make a good champion. But like, I, I've been saying, keep the ball rolling. It's still working with Neville. He's still great. You—he you, did have to lose. Like, he lost on Raw. He tapped out. Like, you do have to eventually do that a little bit. Yeah kind of let this steam out just a bit and then he kind of gets his heat back or it doesn't always work if they just keep the ball rolling in that in that sense um but and and we'll get to this half joking half not prediction i have at the end of this with with the cruiserweight um championship but i was really happy with it i'm glad neville won keep him going keep him hot i want neville to have that to just like that title to just wrestlemania and beyond i want him to just be the king when he says the king of the cruise rates i want i and i'm not just saying wrestlemania to just throw out a date that's far away i legitimately mean it i want when next year's wrestlemania rolls around in new orleans i want neville to walk in there and i want him to be the cruise weight champion i want him to just you know be gloating with the belt and say look at this i said i'm the king of the cruiserweights and look who's still the fucking champion it's me i'm the king i'm the ruler none of you can touch me and then when someone finally beats him it'll just be insane oh my God, just yeah. madness so that's that's what I want. I, I really liked the match. I didn't. It's one of those things. Yeah. It was a really good match. There's really not that much to analyze. I don't. Yeah, think. there. It was. Uh, it it was it was really good. I I really really. I don't enjoyed think it, it. I don't think it hurts Austin Aries. And one another reason I don't think that is because like he made him tap on the outside of the ring. He, he had that submission and and Neville tapped out outside of the ring. So it does make him look good. Um, I think. Um, 
I think if I would like that too, I think it'd be kind of cool if Neville just kept on, kept the title for, and which is what I've been saying. Just keep it on him, keep the ball rolling. They have to get more cruiserweights in there. Yes, he cannot mow over all of the top talent because, like, I think it kind of looks weird. I don't know. They have to get some more guys in there. They have to hopefully get some of the UK guys maybe, and um, and have they have to have people like Sincara, people like Kalisto. Uh, Kalisto. Uh, they have to have those guys on there. They have to show up. Kalisto has to show up on 205 Live. You have to incorporate these guys. I don't know why there's not more. The Cruiserweight division is a big, a big division. Yeah. And I just – you don't really see – other than the main storyline – you don't really see a lot on Raw. I mean, and, and now you're seeing it, another storyline, but it's because, you know, Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox are on there. And other than, you know, that, which I'm not even going to count as a Cruiserweight storyline because I think it's more on there. I think it's more on Raw because, you know, it incorporates the women's division. Right. Um, You don't really see anything other than the main storyline. And it's nice that they have, you know, TJP and Jack Gallagher on there. But, I mean, it's... You're not doing a whole lot with those guys. I've seen those guys wrestle a lot on Raw. It's not... You need to develop more people as top contenders. And don't just feed them to Neville. Just keep them, you know, as as top contenders. Yeah, Yeah, just have them all Don't get someone hot for two weeks and then feed them to Neville. Yeah. You know, they have to be able to have someone pick up a lot of momentum. And they don't even... They're not even in the conversation. But I I do eventually want them to be fed to Neville. I do stand by my statement that I do just want him to just... And when I say mow over people, I don't mean I want him to five minutes squash matches. I want him to do exactly what he did. He's done with Austin Aries, and I just want him to just keep the title though. Yeah, because I mean, he he's 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 made Austin Aries look good. Yes. He made Jack Gallagher look good. The matches with Rich Swan look good. It's not like he's going in and making like he's still having he sells really well. I mean, he tapped out tonight on the outside of the ring. He tapped out to Austin Aries on Raw. Like. There you go. Like well, I don't know what else he he had to cheat both matches, and then tapped out in a tag match, and then tapped out on the ring tonight. Like and then he he finally yeah. beat him. Now I don't want that him. That makes Austin Aries look really good. The, no, I don't want him to cheat every time to win. I do want him to just you know kind of because that was the first time he had yeah, to just have you know some hard fought wins and do it. And uh, but I do eventually because I think it would almost speak more of people. You know, if he was beating everybody, but then he had to cheat to beat someone. Be like, oh wow, you know, yeah, yeah he won, I'm, but he had to cheat to beat him. So right. you know, how good is that guy? And I think, because uh, I mean, people were saying, oh, well, you know, he has, like, Austin has to win. He he looks, that's weird to just call him Austin. But, like, Aries has to win. Like, he, he'll look bad. And I just think, no, he doesn't. He lost both matches because he got cheated out of it. And then he beat him on Raw. And he made him tap out tonight on the outside of the ring. He does not look bad at all. I don't think that's the case at all. So what's, um, what's, what are we going forward with this for both, for both guys? I see Austin Aries um, coming out either on Raw and 205 Live and cutting some sort of promo about where he needs because he made the tweet, I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but where he said you know, he really needed to do some career and life reevaluating and just rethinking Did it all. Did he say it tonight? Yeah, on, on, he, on a tweet. Oh, I didn't even see it. Um, So I see him coming out and cutting some sort of promo about that and I see someone um, like interfering and sort of beating him down or just you know, getting in his face about it in some way, shape, or form. I have a question. I have hopefully an answer. Okay, so that's like I, I know the answer before, but then why are you asking the damn question, boy? Well, because this is what I'm hoping. It's this fantasy booking in my head. Do you think it would be nice if uh, maybe 
the person who came out to interrupt him was not a cruiserweight, and he maybe had a program with somebody like in not the cruiserweight division, and he win he he wins his program. Yeah, yeah, I I think that'd be nice. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but I think that would make him look good. Well, I did say before we ever even thought about doing the podcast, I did tell Tyler that um, if people are going to, you know, wrestle cruiserweights that aren't in the cruiserweight division, that's fine. But for a really long time, if that happens, I want the cruiserweights to win. Right. If the cruiserweights branch outside of the division, I want them to win. And I want them to, you know, sort of staple themselves. And if they're not, like, have them reference times where they beat people not in the cruiserweight division – like Neville, I don't know if you remember this really random match, but like he faced Mark Henry like a couple years ago and won, and like got thrown around a couple times, and he was quicker, won, you know, whatever. Mark Henry shook his hand. Like it would be nice if they mentioned that. Like, mm-hmm. and this guy could, you know, this guy's nasty. He could be anyone. He he beat Mark Henry. He beat someone who's twice his size. He doesn't care what weight class it is. Right now he's in this weight class, but he doesn't care what weight class you're in. But. um I think that would be nice uh, if if he kind of wrestled someone. He can still stay on two of five live. He can still be in the cruiserweight division, but uh, have someone, and it can even be a cruiserweight segment almost. Like maybe you can have purple ropes. I don't know, but have someone. The perfect. What if they had half purple ropes? What if? What if since Austin Aries is in the cruiserweight division, but whoever he was feuding with, you know, isn't in the cruiserweight division? What if they just had half purple ropes? I'd like. How pissed would you be? Are putting you're putting this much effort into this, and you're missing this many plot holes during Raw. Like, there's the, you're missing so many subtleties, but this is what you're going to choose to to nitpick. But um, the person the person I was thinking about would be Baron Corbin would be would be a great person, but even though he's on SmackDown, um, I just think that would kind of make the most sense. Or they wouldn't do this because the cruiserweights are on Raw, but since Two Hundred Five Live after SmackDown, it'd be kind of cool if he was cut like he opened up. He opened up 205 Live, and Baron Corbin just stuck around, and, like, that's their justification. Like, maybe it was – you couldn't really have Baron Corbin on 205 Live, but that was a justification that, man, Baron Corbin really has this much beef with this guy that he stuck around after SmackDown was over. But, I mean, I know they won't do that, but that's just the person that came to mind. Um, So then with Neville what's next – Um. Man, I can't think of a lot, or I can't think of people that I would like to see him against. I mean, maybe Jack Gallagher steps up, maybe, you know. You think it's Rich Swan? He mentioned that tonight on Raw Talk. He never had his rematch. He didn't. I could see them doing that. Um, I could see maybe TJP saying, you know, I helped you a lot through that. I want a shot. And then maybe Neville saying no, but then later on in the night, Neville having a match against Rich Swan or against someone and TJP interfering in it and then that being the next storyline. I kind of want to keep TJP as a heel. Keep this I do too. momentum going. I don't I want it to be like do. a Mickey James where like she turns back so quickly that people didn't have enough time to invest in her as a heel and then they yeah. just don't care about I, her. I absolutely would like him to stay heel, but I'm just trying to think of right now I'm trying to think of what they'll think about. Well, Larry, I have a question. I have an answer. Who? Hopefully. Who's that jumping out of the sky? So, um... Wait, well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to set they, the they, fo- no, I'm going to set the floor for Tyler real quick so he can <laughs> tell his story or his prediction. Um, so Tyler, once the cruiserweight division started and Neville came back, I'll give Tyler credit. The second Neville came back, Tyler thought of this and said, this is what he wants to happen. So Tyler, what do you want to happen with Neville in the future? So I don't know when exactly, but it, this will be, so as wrestling fans were conditioned to say, okay, it's, it's, 
how are we going to get to SummerSlam? Like, as soon as WrestleMania is over, it's like, okay, how we get to SummerSlam? What's the SummerSlam main event? How we get there? When that's over, it's like, okay, how are we get into like the Royal Rumble and then how we get into WrestleMania, right? So as soon as Neville came back at the or at was it? I can't remember what pay per view it was when Rich Swan beat um, the Brian Kendrick. I think it was um, TLC. No, not TLC, but the Road Roadblock. Yes. Because then, um, I think I don't know why I said yes. Like I knew that. Well, I, I just remember that sounds right. I was I was watching uh, the Royal Rumble earlier today, and I saw their um, their their uh, match on there. So Neville beat Rich Swan at the Royal Rumble for the Cruiserweight Championship. Anyway, so here in the near future, maybe he beats one more guy because um, I want this to be at SummerSlam because it has to be a SummerSlam match, obviously. But maybe he beats one more guy and then he cuts a promo, right? And he says, you know, listen. I came in and I won this title in January, and I've beaten everybody, and I've beaten Austin Aries three times, and I've beaten this guy, and I've beaten this guy, and this guy, and this guy. I told you nobody's on the Neville level. And Wait, who, what's that music? Who's that jumping out the sky? R-E-Y Mysterio. Here we go. Oh, my God. That's Ray Mysterio Jr. Okay, no Even one though, would say Jr. Oh my god, it's Rey Mysterio Sr. Oh my god, it's Rey Mysterio. It's not Sr. either. Even though, I, I, we need to check the weight of Rey Mysterio. He's a little bulky right well, now. Well, uh, Tyler's talking about this during the Cruiserweight match tonight. And my sister, his wife, said, um, we and said, Rey Mysterio is not a Cruiserweight anymore. That man's a heavyweight. That's a heavy boy now. Which he does, he is pretty muscular now. I'm positive he's still a cruiserweight, but that is a muscular man now. He was like, what, like 150 in his early WCW days? Yeah, he was light. He, he was, was a, a very, very He was a light person. boy. And now he's a heavier man, but still a cruiserweight Let's man. just say he's put on 30 pounds of muscle. He's still like the most 200 pounds. Yeah. I don't, there's no way he's over 205. But, so that's half joking because that's kind of a really bold statement, you know. But I, I think that'd be really cool. And I and do. then that's who he loses the title to at SummerSlam was Rey Mysterio or I he am beats Mysterio. I'm with you, right? I think that'd be really cool. But what I think would be cooler because I said I wanted Neville to hold it until you know Mania is everyone's like, okay, Rey Mysterio's back. Now this would have this would sort of suck because Rey Mysterio's back, and you're like, oh, that's why he came back. But if they had the match and Neville just brutalized him, and you know, obviously Rey Mysterio has been wrestling, right? You know, but in WWE land where They've started embr- embracing things now, but where, you know, a lot of stuff just doesn't really exist to him. He could come back, they'd say, no, he's been off for a really long time, is he going to be good? And, you know, Neville, you know, maybe he gives him a close call one time and Neville just barely sneaks out and he's like, okay, with the next pay-per-view, I gotcha. And then he just brutalizes him, just beats the tar out of him. They could have a competitive match or whatever, right. but at the end just beats the hell out of him. And you got to think, what's this Rips his masks, um, rips, rips his mask, he's busted open a little bit. And then the next day on Raw, I want Raw to open up with Neville in a suit, just standing in the ring, like I told you, nobody was on my level. Your savior, Rey Mysterio, the god of the cruiserweights, came in, and what did I do to him? I sent him packing, just like I did the rest of them, and just like I'll do everyone else. Okay, so then let's let's go with it. Let's keep us going. Oh God, what okay. is the end game? Who beats him? Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman, Roman drops down the two hundred five. Um, maybe a uh, Champa or Gargano when. When one of them Don't come get my up. hopes up. That would be nice. That would be. Or maybe like a 
like a Tyler Bader or Pete Dunn. Maybe, maybe. When are, when are they going to start incorporating? They have the, to do the two. The two. We don't know much about the UK show. We don't. He do, they do show up on NXT. They do they have some matches. So far, you're two for two. Um, so I think I think here soon. I think once we get the idea behind the UK show, I think that we'll um, we'll start knowing a little bit more. So the main event was Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Finn. Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe. And first off, Samoa Joe won, and I did not see that coming in the least bit. But Tyler was completely on point with his uh, with his thought process behind his pick. He picked Bray Wyatt, right? Right. And the reason he gave was he said that uh, – well, actually, you, you give your reasoning. You can explain your reasoning a lot better than I can explain it. Well, so I thought originally it was going to be um... – Roman Reigns, but then I thought, you know, okay, I don't, I, I do think Roman's going to be the person. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be uh, Finn Balor or anyone else to take the title from uh, Brock Lesnar. I think it'll be Roman Reigns, and let me just say rightfully so. But once he beat Finn and Seth clean on, in the build-up to this match, I thought, that's, he's not going to win. I thought, they're going to need somebody out of these guys who can go into a main event program, maybe even a couple months. I don't know. But they need to have one of these guys to go into a main event program with Brock. They can wrestle, they can lose, and they'll be they'll be okay. I don't they're not going to want they they're not going to blow their Roman match. They're not going to blow their Finn match. I don't think I don't think it'd be the wisest thing to do Seth right now. You he's he's a babyface. He he's not he beat Triple H at WrestleMania, but he's still not on the strongest ground. They got to keep him going. They had to get him some wins. They that damn to, knee, boy. He they just have can't to keep out. I know. They had to keep. I really. He's not as strong as I think that he or like WWE wants him right now. Do you think he's losing connection with the fans? I think a little bit, and I think it's okay. I just don't think. I think it's it's a little rocky right now. I think it's it's still fine. Yeah, it's not something like jump the gun about or like you know. No, it's I, not an emergency. They but. need. They're they're going to need to continue whatever it is. And I have full confidence that it'll be okay. I don't think that it would have been that great for him to go against Brock right now. So I picked Finn, because, or I mean I picked um, Bray Wyatt because I thought, okay, that's somebody who, he was just WWE champion. He's been doing pretty well since since coming over to Raw. I think he's looked pretty strong. I don't think he's taken any pins from what I can remember. And I think he's looked pretty good and pretty credible. I thought that's somebody who can win this. It doesn't make anyone else look bad because, I mean, it's five guys fighting. He happens to win, and he goes, and he has a pretty good match with Brock. I think that makes him look pretty good. Um, so that was kind of my idea. They needed somebody who can lose against Brock and not slow their momentum. And like, is this guy's momentum ever going to be? Like, yeah. he's on a different level as far as his <laughs> his momentum. His ability to lose and stay. Relevant and, yeah. and people hungry. So I I, that's why I picked Bray. So what I took from that was he needs someone uh, credible that can lose to him and they don't blow a big match and, um, you know, will still be a really, really good match, but that can lose to Brock and still, you know, keep going, still be credible and can still, you know, keep momentum. Yeah, Larry, yeah, you were um, – that was a lot better than my description, so. Oh, and uh, I, I think that they got it with Samoa Joe. I do too. Um, you know, it's Samoa Joe. He always looks good in all of his matches. He looks really good. He, I feel like he normally looks strong. Um, him and Brock Lesnar are going to have a great, great match, I feel, if, you know, 
they're oh. roughly the same weight, so that's going to look good. And um, it's going to have a really hard-hitting match, and I think he's going to lose to Brock Lesnar. And I think, you know, it's not really going to hurt him. I think they he can just keep going after that and say, you know, not not even really bring it up again. <laughs> just have a good match. I think people can say, damn, he put up a really good fight against Brock Lesnar, and it can almost make him look, you know, a bit stronger after, yeah. which is, you know, yeah, he didn't beat him, but, you know, man, he took him to his limit. And, uh, yeah, it's going to... If it's something that I don't know the logistics, I think the next pay-per-view after Great Balls of Fire would be SummerSlam. I think so, yeah. That but right. if not, I mean, there's a way I guess you could extend this feud if it does go well, if it's really hot and the, all of the segments work out and the match is good. Um, I am, I think it's a good good deal. I think I think if they go into this match, Brock, Brock gives some. Um, they beat the hell out of each other. And... You're thinking, man, Samoa Joe is giving Brock Lesnar a run for his money, and then Brock wins at the end. Samoa Joe's going to look good. I don't think Seth was in a strong enough position yet to be able to do that and come out the better end. Roman and Finn too early, and usually I'm someone that say I'm I'm someone that says just go with it and find figure it out later. But I I definitely think that was too early. You cannot have you when Roman faces Brock, Roman has to win. And you're not going to do that at Great Balls of Fire. So um, I am on. Because after you mentioned that, I thought, well, actually, you know, is there another pay-per-view for Raw? Um, so Raw just had Extreme Rules. They have Great Balls of Fire on July 9th is when Great Balls of Fire is, okay? So then um, SummerSlam has, or uh, SmackDown has Money in the Bank on June 18th. Uh, so SmackDown has another pay-per-view after Money in the Bank, which is Battleground. Right. Um, it says that Raw may have one on August 6th in Montreal, Quebec. And it says just it says just rumored. And it doesn't say a name. It just says uh, to be announced Raw rumored. And this is on CBS's sports website. So they may have one after Great Balls of Fire, but they don't know. And I would think they would have announced it by now oh, if definitely. they were going to have one. So I would say it's pretty safe to say that Great Balls of Fire will be it. And it should be. You should, I feel like, you know, that'd be a month because Great Balls of Fire is on July 9th, SmackDown, or SummerSlam's August 20th. So I you think. You want that long build up. Yeah, it'd be a long build up. You can get some really good feuds going, some real nice heat. Um, yeah, I agree with so, whatever you were saying. So, yeah, I don't even remember, but I agree too. Um, overall, I thought the match was incredible. I had the bar set really high. It's always nice to go into a match. Like, I think a lot of times we go into matches that we're really exciting about, excited about have really high hopes for we leave thinking yeah that was, that was pretty good that was pretty good yeah but not being like the level in our minds that it ended up being and only a handful of times i can remember being like super jacked for a match and then leaving thinking that was way better even than i than i even hoped for and like this i think this was tonight there was um a moment in the match where uh finn balor was just going crazy he kicked roman reigns and me and tyler both just Sort of popped up where he was sitting and thought he just straight kicked him in his face. Yeah, and he then <laughs> he started like bleeding out his mouth a little bit. But, um, and then Samojo eventually, you know, wrestled Finn, you know, a little bit and got him in a uh, chokehold. And then Roman speared both of them through the barricade. And then. That's an amazing spot. It was. And then right after that, Seth Rollins hit a frog splash from the top turnbuckle to the outside of the announcer table. And at that moment, in my mind, I thought. I don't want anyone to say anything bad about this match or anything, no matter what the finish is, because they're giving you everything you could have wanted at this point. Yes. There's, 
at that point I thought, because I kept thinking, I'm like, man, it's a really good match. Then it popped in my head, man, like, if Roman wins, everyone's just going to shit on it. And then that's what happened. And I thought, nope, even if he wins, I don't want to hear anything about this match being bad or garbage because this is this is more than you could have asked for is what these people are giving you. But um, it was, it was, a, I thought it was a really, really good match. I thought it took a little bit for it to gel and them all to start, you know, really incorporating like three or four people into spots, which right. is normal for matches with multiple people. But it was a, it was a long match. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I loved the beginning when um, Samoa Joe and Finn were outside and Seth and Bray were outside, I think. Or maybe it was the op- maybe it was flipped and like, you know, the people were reversed. But all four guys are outside and Roman was just in the ring, walking around, getting yeah. booed, just sort of stretching, just, you know, thinking, All right, you know. Taking my time. Taking my time, get loose. And then Bray Wyatt eventually came in and got punched. I have two two negatives. One's kayfabe, one's real, and then and then we're I wanna go into how I think everyone at one point looked like they could have won the match. Mm-hmm. That's what you want in those kind of matches. One kayfabe, Bray Wyatt, stop fucking trying to kiss the oh person. Oh my god! Because you kept you kept taking longer and longer kisses, and you never got your move off except with that brutal sister episode. Here's what Seth made, to even tag on. Here's what made me mad, right? He caught Seth, and I think I think it was Seth where he was going to hit Seth with one, and then he sort of walked around for a second and looked, and then just you know kissed him for a while and then roman came to hit him with a spear right and then he you know let go of whoever he was about to hit with sister abigail kicked roman caught roman in it and then walked around like did a little lap with him for a second and then kissed him again like dude there's three other guys (laughs) did it and hit it my favorite sister abigail's that he does is when it's quick like he runs into someone grabs them and then just immediately because it looks violent it looks like you're getting whiplash you got jerked down and then you got jerked is that how it looked like with roman because because doesn't okay if i can remember the spot did Roman go to spear him and he catch him? I think he caught him or maybe he kicked him. But I think in but my mind, quick, though, I, right? yeah, it was quick. So then if it's that quick, he should hit it that quick. Yeah, you should jerk down with him real quick and then flip back. Because the him. one he hit was – because I'm not like the – like I think it's a cool move. But like I started thinking about like, eh, I'm not yeah. that when, into when, if If they come down at an angle and like it looks like they spike their head, I'm like that's how that needs to be head. Because time. I think a lot of it's too is the whiplash. Mm-hmm. They get this whiplash, it hurts their neck, and then their head spikes on the floor. Yeah. When he does it real soft, I'm like, nothing's really yeah. because those kind of you gotta think like any kind of any kind of finisher or wrestling move where the person's head's hitting the floor but the arms in the way, if you do it softly, well it's not gonna hurt that bad. Yes. But like Pete Dunn's bitter end and then like Baron Corbin's end of days, they happen with such momentum so that so the bitter end is really high up. He's real high up in the air and he falls all the way down. Yeah. And then with Baron Corbin it's such momentum that Baron when he hits, Corbin is he hits kind of like head. a sister to Abigail. It's just like instead of them being grounded, he sort of just and it's a way cooler visual. Yeah, I think. But the one he did hit on Seth Rollins was exactly how. Yeah. It's how he he hit it on AJ um, during the like elimination chamber and all that stuff. Um, but and then the the so that was the kayfabe one, and then the real complaint was, please, wrestlers, you do not have to do a suicide dive. Every match, Seth Rollins hit three suicide dives on Samoa Joe, and they all were shit. He Seth Samoa Joe was was out of place. J- uh, Seth overshot him, and then barely kind of got like a, it was almost like a double wax handle, just kind of like went by and like hit him. And I'm like, okay, 
you're flying by him and barely hitting him on the back, and he's 280 pounds. Like, that's not going to drive him down. It looks bad. It, I, I said earlier, I can suspend my suspension of disbelief pretty easily because I'm a optimistic guy, and, like, I get into this stuff. Instantly, that disbelief is killed because I'm like, it looks so shitty. It does. They have to – it's like when there's, like, 15 guys on the outside, right, and they're all looking up, and someone jumps from the top rope onto them, and then the guy in the far corner, you're like, you didn't even fall down. Like, why are you in pain? Like, what happened to you? So then sometimes those guys will, like, act like they pulled a muscle or something, like yeah. trying to get out of the way. But I always love that spot because I always look for the furthest guy not even close to getting hit, but he's, like, on the ground. <laughs> I always like that. So that's my two, my only two negative things about that. Um, I don't know if I have, well, I mean, your negative about Bray Wyatt was my negative, And then I, suicide dives just scare me, to be, if we're being real honest here. Uh, they just, they, they, they bring a lot of fright into me because I just think I don't want to see you land on your head. I, I really can't, don't. Every single one of them, I'm cringing until it's over. Yeah. Especially the flip ones. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, God, please. Yeah. It, especially when, like, Sasha does it or something. Oh, God. Because, I mean, how many times can we see someone yeah. laying on their head? Um, But uh, your good point that you wanted to bring up was uh, there was a some there was a point in this match where everyone looked like they could win. And my favorite point, and I just kept, even when it was over, I kept talking about it, was uh, when Finn Balor, who had sold almost the whole match, just all of a sudden just had, like, a fire lit under him and just started just running around, kicking people, punting them. And just was going ballistic, and I I loved that because he was like almost walking around like seething, like he had his arms sort of puffed out, and he was just ah, just like breathing real heavy, right. like gritting his teeth. And I was like, he's pissed. And he goes around to each guy and beats him up. He does. And the kicks. Cause there was a point where Roman was uh, destroying everyone that came in the ring, and I told Tyler, I said, I don't want to hear people on Twitter or anywhere saying, well, see, look, they're just you know everyone's just going in and getting fed to Roman because. Everyone had a point in the match where they did that. Everyone had a point in the match where, you know, they just they beat up everybody. You know, they got hot. You know, they had they caught their second or third wind. No one else had caught theirs yet. So they had a little bit of an advantage right. and they beat up everybody. Everyone had a time where they did that. So I it wasn't just Roman. I thought the the exchange with Seth and Roman was It was like, really good. I mean, they couldn't have any more chemistry if they tried. It's so I mean, it feels so important i feel like i am watching the main event of wrestlemania and it does that's not a hyperbole i am so into that when they're wrestling and i'm i'm watching them and i think like the energy right now is so high i feel that wasn't that was my voice cracking because i'm just hitting puberty that wasn't me crying that was me crying during the match but (laughs) i i think that last stretch of time was so good and like they're just look like they're just beating the hell out of each other like they want this shot and this is i love number one contender matches i do too because it makes it feel so important like you're beating the hell out of each other and this is a main event of a pay-per-view just for a shot at a title i love it makes it feel so important these guys are doing all this to each other just for a chance to face brock lesnar like you've seen him squash people you've seen him beat the hell out of people this is just for a chance to face him i think as much as i want to say like you know brock lesnar being out of tv for a long time you know, sort of, you know, makes me not care about the Universal title or, you know, I feel like it could, you know, make the Universal title look a little bad or not build it up real well, I guess is what I'm looking for because, you know, your Universal Champion's not on TV. But then when you see, you know, the top five guys, you know, on the roster, arguably, you know, just going balls out just, you know, to 
to just get a face to to get a chance to face Brock Lesnar for the title. It's like, well, that title does look, look like it look, does look really good, even just with this number one contenders match. Just you know, it shows that it has a lot of meaning if these guys are willing to go through all this, right? Just to get a chance to face Brock Lesnar. Larry, I'm gonna take a picture of you real quick. Okay. Why just, you? just keep just keep talking. Okay. You know what? That's not a good visual. I have, I have, there's washer and dryer in the back. <laughs> there's a washer and dryer. Yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? We're in, a, in a, you know what? we're in my basement. We are we are in the basement. Um, I'm gonna get a black curtain eventually to put behind me, just for this, just for <laughs> picture purposes. Just for just for these kind of situations. Um, but I I really really enjoyed the match. I know I've said that about every match, but I'm a pretty optimistic guy. Um, I. No, I didn't just like. I loved this match. I thought the Seth Roman spot that they had was just electric. I thought you could just feel um, everything with that. Um, and then uh, Joe um, or Finn Balor hit Roman Reigns with the coup de gras, and then uh, Samoa Joe pulled him off into uh, his choke and uh, and won. And I'm, a great way. I couldn't be more excited for Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. Also, I'm happy they don't do the whole, when someone passes out, I'm happy they don't raise their hand up three times. I'm happy it's more of like a real fight feel where you just check, you're like, no, he's out, this is it, we're done. I'm really happy about that. Unless you're Hulk Hogan, don't do the three three hand thing. Um, Yeah, I I love that that he just choked him out. It wasn't a submission, he just couldn't breathe. And, like, what a cool, real way to Also, Finn looks just fine because he was about to win. Samojo came up behind him, him, and he didn't tap. He just, you know. He I just, like he that it wasn't out. like forty-five seconds. Like, oh yeah, it, it makes it real. Like this guy's this guy, choked who him is quick. so much bigger than this than Finn Balor <laughs> yeah. goes in there behind him after he just used all that adrenaline on that coup de gras, right? So you think, mm-hmm. okay, he's up there, all this adrenaline to just drive his his feet down on on Roman's chest. He's used all his energy and then boom, gets choked out like, and 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 just loses consciousness like in fifty. Or, 10 seconds maybe yeah i felt like i was really happy with the way that ended i was too um so overall out of 10 i'd give this pay-per-view probably seven that was really good i didn't think the i, I didn't see anything wrong with the matches i thought they were all just really good matches right um i thought there was one great match and then there was one match where i would have liked you know i didn't really get a whole lot of enjoyment out of it because i had a decent amount of complaints about it, so I'd, I'd give it probably like a six point eight or a seven out of out of ten. It it does always feel like there's at least one match where you're like, does this belong on the main card? Like that mixed tag match had pre-show written all over it, so it, it was kind of weird. That um, I asked card. Tyler when I came out of the bathroom. I said, "Oh, did the mixed tag match already happen?" And he said, "No, it's on the main card." And I thought, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, it, it, that was strange. So like that felt kind of out of place. But like, do not let one match that you weren't crazy about like derail your yeah. focus we had a we had a a pretty good intercontinental championship match we did a kind of let down of a women's championship match a fun mixed tag match a very very entertaining very good tag steel cage match a really really good intercontinental championship match and the main event that we just spent 20 minutes talking about that is true so um you know what more do you want i think grade wise you know this doesn't really mean anything but I'd say like seven and a half, eight. Like I thought it was, you know, the the not every match was like stacked as far as like storyline wise, but sometimes you don't need that. Like the main event was so steeped in like importance, you don't really need every single match to be on fire. 
so that's all we have for our extreme rules review um let us know what you guys thought in you know the comments below be sure to like share and subscribe to the podcast that's all for brothers in law of destruction i am larry that is tyler and we will see you guys next week see ya